What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. I'm Griff. I'm Will. I'm Sav. And on this episode, we're sticking on March Madness. March Madness exclusive episode. We're going to be breaking down some of the games that have happened, some of the games that will be happening in the Sweet 16 as well. What do we say, guys? Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Inside the Five. Let's get things started. I mean, this is a March Madness episode, don't get me wrong, but we have some breaking news in the world of college basketball, starting with the previously known head coach Rick Pitino going to St. John's, right? And we thought that would be the biggest news of the day. However, there's some huge news as well, staying in the Big East with Coach Ed Cooley, former Providence coach, going down to Georgetown and to coach the Hoyas. And that was very surprising to me. Ed Cooley has been at Providence forever. Yeah, and what I I really don't understand moving within the same conference to I I don't really know what better he's gonna get at Georgetown compared to Providence. I mean, he has a good program running over there. Um, they do good. I feel like they don't sell out every game, obviously, but I mean they would good team a good program they were ranked throughout the season they made march madness obviously they just they were a bit of a disappointment but like georgetown has been trash forever and like patrick ewing was supposed to be their savior and he was i mean everything but that and i just don't really understand like what kind of advantages he's gonna get from moving from making this move maybe it was just like a personal type move but i i don't know i have a hot take i have a prediction that I want to bring out, but Will, what are, what are your thoughts originally on this? So I saw the move and I was like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. Cause like, why would you leave Providence? Cause like one, Ed Cooley has brought Providence a lot of success in the past years. Like he's done a very, very good job with that school. And I thought, okay, well, Georgetown kind of made a big move here getting him like Georgetown has not been good in recent memory. They're getting a very good head coach, a coach that can do it, can bring a program down from, very little to something big. So I was like, okay, well, there's opportunity here. Like they need a change. They obviously need to change. They need, they need something to spark what's going on there. Cause there's nothing going on there, but at the same time, I don't really know how much leverage he has and like, or like how much pull he has for in the recruitment situation. Cause Georgetown just isn't it like, you don't see like big time people be like, I am going to commit to Georgetown to play basketball for potentially the next four years of my life. It just doesn't happen. Like that's not like, a school. yes, like they could eventually be a school that people would want to go to for basketball, but it just doesn't happen. So I'm just confused as to why, like when he was like, Oh, Georgetown's offering, like, yeah, it's a different challenge, but like, I feel like if he, if there was another vacancy open and he wanted to take advantage of it, he would have, he would, he would be on a, uh, a lot of lists for a lot of different schools in the nation. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And the, my initial reaction to him going to Georgetown was, this is him taking on a new challenge, right? Um, Georgetown is a very historic program that has a lot of pristine success from, obviously, in the beginning of the Big East, right? They were the Big East back in the day. Obviously, they had Pat Ewing, who that was a, a failed experiment. I'm sorry to Georgetown. I am Patrick Ewing. If you know, you know. But um, it it never worked with that. I mean, obviously they had their glory days with AI as well, and even 
throughout the early 2000s, they were a prominent program. And that fell off around the mid 2010s ish or early 2010s. And they haven't really been back to success. They used to be a blue bud. Now they're not. And Ed Cooley probably wants to restore that greatness into this program. And what does this mean for Providence now, right? Providence is coming off of one of their better seasons in a few years. And they had some success in the Big East. They finished fifth in uh, the final rankings in the Big East tournament, lost to UConn, who's still going strong. We'll get to them. But what does this mean for the Providence Friars? Now, many may think, oh, they're just going to go smaller, maybe bring someone up throughout the organization. No. Now, who did Providence face in the first round of the NCAA tournament? Just going to answer my own question here. They face the uh, they face Kentucky, right? And now who's the head coach of Kentucky? Mm. Coach John Calipari. And what happened to Kentucky yesterday? They lost. And Kentucky has not had major success in the tournament last few years. Two very disappointing seasons. I mean, last season, they probably faced the third greatest, second greatest upset of all time when they lost to St. Peter's. When you talk about funding versus funding school for school and whatnot, they lost in the first round of that team. They lose in the second round here after a disappointing regular season. I think Coach Cal is getting the boot from Kentucky, and I think Providence hops on that, and they hire him, and the Big East will continue to be the best conference in college basketball. And, and I mean, it's a, it's a shout that, you know, we haven't really seen a major, major move like this in a while. We've seen retirements with, obviously, Coach K – Coach Roy, um, but I mean, Coach Cal has been there for years. It's a good shout. It's a good shout. And if it if it hits, you're one of the first people on it. But it 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 does kind of seem like it would make sense. You know, they haven't really been doing anything, and obviously, you have the Naismith Player of the Year and Oscar Sheway, who you know did play good throughout the tournament. But you're not getting much guards around him. Um, you haven't had much success as a program, like compared to where you're supposed to be. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it's another move. And I didn't think of the Cooley move, um, in the way that you did as it's going to be a new challenge for him. And, and I actually like that angle that you're taking there. And it makes a lot more sense for why he did that. And I think it could be the exact same thing with coach Cal. His legacy is cemented in Kentucky and he, he is, I mean, one of the greatest coaches of all time, and he will always be remembered as the head coach of Kentucky. But this could be a nice little challenge on the way out. It, it, it's a li- little bit less stress, in my opinion, um, compared to, you know, being the coach of a Blue Blood. And you're still playing in a good basketball conference with a team that is currently set up for success. If you bring in someone like that, they would be even better. It, 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 it would work out, in my opinion. No, I agree. I mean, I feel like that, like, especially the amount of, like, like one recruits like people aren't going to want to play for Kalpari like at the end of the day so like him going to Providence like they're not only going to be already good because they already were this year they have probably endless amount of people just wanting to go there just so they can be coached by him and he has the pull in the recruiting we all know that he's a very successful recruiter however another little tidbit here who was the leading scorer on Providence this year? Oh, the Kentucky bounce back. And what better way or what better direct line 
to coaching a team when your best player you've already uh, coached in the past. So that's an easy bridge. It's an easy gap to fill. I, you know, I'm, this is a Stavros personal guarantee. If Coach K gets fired from Kentucky, he's going to go to Providence. Guaranteed. Clip this 11-minute mark on March 20th, 2023, that I said that. That is a quote, and it's going to happen, and I cannot wait to go viral for this. Thank you for your time. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I've never looked at it that way, but in your opinion, do you truly believe that they'll fire him or do you think it's more likely that he'll leave? I think to be honest that they, they're going to fire him. Um, how many last chances is he going to get essentially where last year was like, okay, we were supposed to be a final four team essentially, right? They had a very good year last year. They had. They saw at Oscar Sheboy, they had a lot of guys, and they just never competed. They, they, they lost in the first round. And this year was supposed to be his do-or-die year. They fell very short. And they, didn't have, they had a mediocre regular season in terms of Kentucky basketball. And I, I'm almost certain that the university, to keep their fans happy, they're going to come out and say that uh, they're parting ways or firing him, essentially, right? Because – the only thing in Kentucky is their basketball team. That is fair. And shout out Will Levis. Um, but I, I, I say we, we dig into a little bit of this bracket here. Um, and let's get going on some of these games because, I mean, it seemed like game in and game out. Even like the 20-point blowouts, I feel like it, some of them were out of control in the first half, but most of them came down to second half. A lot of good basketball that we watched over the weekend. And I just want to get it started with Bama has had like the most Mickey Mouse path I have ever seen in my life. You play Corpus Christi and then you, you struggle in the first half to Maryland, Maryland, who I mean, is in my opinion, Maryland is a disgrace to college basketball. Um, I, I hate Maryland basketball, but you know, then you go up and now they're in the sweet 16 against San Diego state who stopped. We've liked, throughout the past couple of rounds, uh, betting-wise, um, I still think that's an easy win for Alabama. And you look on the other side of the South Stav, and I, I just it, – it, it doesn't really get much easier. Yeah, I mean, let's – I mean, I have a future on Alabama, so this is kind of like a very good sight to see right now, just looking at the overall picture of this bracket and how things are shaking up for Alabama. However – we look down, obviously, at Creighton and Princeton, right? And I don't think any of those teams stand a chance against Alabama. The hardest team that Alabama will probably have to face is the San Diego State team that we talk about, a team that's very balanced, and they are they play very good defense. However, what San Diego State does, Alabama does 10 times better, in my opinion. I think they're a better coached team. I think they have better players top to bottom, and they are a very deep team, as we've seen in the first two rounds. I mean, granted, they face a 16 seed, but they dominated without Brandon Miller. And yet again, they dominated against Maryland. I, I don't even think Brandon Miller played that many minutes. I, I, I didn't really watch that game, to be honest. I was never in doubt. So with this Alabama team, they don't necessarily – let me rephrase this. Alabama hasn't had to play Brandon Miller, who's dealing with an injury, for the first two rounds. He's essentially sat on the bench and rested up. And now you have a fresh Brandon Miller – for the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, this Alabama team, anything short of a national championship or Final Four appearance is a joke for them. 
I mean, we talked about this when we did our whole bracket rundown. I said when they get to the Elite Eight, maybe even the Sweet, or obviously the Sweet 16, like they're, they have no hard game. Like, I mean, obviously, I think our prediction was possible. I think it was Arizona we had, like, originally in our bracket. And I was like, well, that's probably going to be the hardest game they played till the final. And right now, it looks like if they make it to the final or even the final, I mean, we don't know who's going to come out out of the East just yet. But, I mean, the way it's looking, like, the highest seed they'll play is a three. So, mm-hmm. and then it, it, to, it, to be fair, that three seed in Kansas State isn't comparable to – isn't comparable to that Alabama team. Like, there's still going to be a tough game, but like, it's nothing special. So, I mean, yes, it definitely is a, a Mickey Mouse run from Alabama, but Alabama is just like a complete team. Like, do they, like, like they're, like, obviously they had a hard time against Maryland in the first half, but like, they showed who they really are in the second. Yeah. And, and, and you know, looking out um, a, a little bit sooner in the, you know, the, the Elite Eight, keeping it in the South, um, they're going to play Creighton. Princeton is not winning. Yeah, another. they can't. I'm, I'm like, there is no way. And we dogged Princeton, um, on the on the bracket breakdown because so bad. we were like, yeah, they're here. They're smart people. They're not like here to play basketball. And they, I mean, yeah, they've done the opposite of what we were chirping them for. It's like we always pick the smart teams to make it far in the tournament, and they never do. They actually suck at basketball. Yeah, they're kind of nice. Like they're kind of nice. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, like they're, they're, they're absolutely outsmarting everybody. They they beat a tough team, and then in the second game, they absolutely killed Missouri. Like it wasn't even close. They killed Missouri, and they're a 15 seed in the Sweet 16, and that wasn't even the biggest upset. That wasn't even the biggest upset we had. I mean, absolute craziness. Everybody already knows about this, but uh, just looking down at the East now. Um, Purdue went down, and I would say we were talking about this. We thought that Marquette should have been potentially. I mean, Marquette struggled as well, and they're out of here. But um, I still think Purdue shouldn't have been a one seed, and that got exposed on. I mean, on that was it Friday? Was it Friday night? Yeah, Friday night. Yeah. I I, I mean, I, um, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, shout out the Fairleigh Dickinson coach. There was that clip that got released of him in the locker room after the first four he's like the more and more i watch purdue the more and more i think we can beat them and usually that's one of those old takes exposed memes where it's like okay you fast forward and purdue won this game by like 40. no we were right about Purdue. you know shout out to us shout out inside the five for being right about purdue all this time we said that they weren't that good i think i said that i had them losing in the round of 32 or the uh sweet 16. i i yep. don't think that uh, hand we have that as the bracket yeah, I don't think we um I don't think we would have thought that they would have lost to a 16 seed, but we were right. I compared this team to the DeAndre Ayton Arizona team, which yeah. lost in the first round. Money comparison, I'm on fire. Um, Purdue <laughs> bunch of frauds. Actually, probably the biggest upset in terms of everything, like all factors included. This is probably the biggest upset in tournament history. Yeah, I mean, I had like looking ahead, like in my personal bracket, I had Tennessee beating Purdue in the Sweet 16 anyway. So like, I'm not even like for my bracket, I'm not even like mad about that. But like, I knew they weren't going to like go that far. I didn't think they were going to get upset in the first round. Like I knew FDU was going to maybe give them like a run. And like once I saw the video, I was like, oh, my God, like they might actually like win the game. Like 
they're not bad. And like Purdue really just couldn't do anything. I remember like I was at work that day and I texted Griff and I was like, does FDU like actually look really good right now? Like, what do I do here? And he was like, yes, like they're making Edie work right now. Like their guards are eating them alive. And at that very moment, I hammered them that halftime. Yep. That's the best that's decision so of my life. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And it was stupid. It was like plus 18 and a half. They won the damn game. Like, I, that's so I funny you say that. All my because, money on money line. Um, well, it's funny you say that because I did the same thing with my cousin John. I'm like, is Fairly Dickinson actually like playing good basketball or is it just Purdue missing? He's like, no, Purdue screwed. So I hammered a money line. I even put a profit boost on it. That's how confident I was on it. <laughs> so I made it like plus twelve hundred. It was a great pick. Very happy. And I took. I told my manager that I took that, and I told him to ride, ride it. And he said he did it. And then I got a write a raise at the end of the night. So that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> that's besides the I mean, point. That's, that's um, what you get for giving out quality picks. And um, in the East, like you said, Will earlier. Talking about Bama's run down to the final four, they're gonna have to play a team from the east. And right now, after the loss uh, that Marquette took to Michigan State, in my opinion, it's looking like it's gonna be Kansas State. Now, I am like a Tennessee volunteer basketball hater, and I know that they've looked good and they looked really good against Duke, who we all had going pretty far. Um, Tennessee's not gonna struggle against FAU. I said Memphis was an AAU team, and then I looked at uh, FAU, and I was like, I remember watching them when they were in ninth grade, and they still play the same style of basketball. Um, they're not going to struggle at all against FAU, but I still think Kansas State is a better basketball team than Tennessee. So I think Tennessee makes the final – or, I mean, well, I think Kansas State makes the final four. My my outlook when I was making my bracket was I saw the Tennessee-Duke matchup. Right away, I didn't want to pick Duke, like – I just as a straight Duke hater, like I don't even care. Like I hate them. But like in terms of like basketball, like I looked at it and I was like, Duke has the one of the only teams I think in this side, and unless they beat Tennessee, that matched up with them perfectly, which it showed that they did. They played them even the whole game and they ended up winning. I think Michigan State, I don't think has a chance against Kansas State. They looked really good. Like they, like they, they held their own, and it wasn't like a they were like forced to hold their own. Like they did their job, and they did what they had to do. On the other side, I think Tennessee might give them a good, might give them a good run. I had I'm trying to look to see who I had Marquette, so it doesn't like that that ruined my my half. Like I had Marquette making the final four on that side, so I I think Tennessee is going to take go to the final four from this side. To be honest. Michigan State has surprised me in each of their games thus far. I mean, they went out and they beat USC pretty handily. That wasn't really close. And then they go out, and it was kind of the same thing against Marquette, although it was only a nine-point game final. They were leading the entire second half, really. I mean, I think it was close to start the half, and then Michigan State kind of pulled away, especially in the last five minutes, and it wasn't a competition yet. And usually it's kind of the opposite with Marquette. Marquette usually kind of bounces back, right? They they're a second half team from what we've seen in the big East tournament. And even like throughout the regular season, in a sense where they've been a pretty goddamn good second half team and Michigan state just dogged them in the second half. And I, until this Michigan, I bet against, I don't want to say I bet against Michigan state. In each, no, I did. I bet against Michigan state in each of their games and it's backfired. So I'm kind of under the impression right now until they prove me wrong, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to fade because mm-hmm. 
it seems that I mean, coaching really does play a big factor in it. Um, they're, they're prepared, right? The, the moment isn't too big for them. And we've seen it in the first two tournament games. And I, I'm very impressed with how this Michigan State team has played throughout the tournament, upsetting one of our favorite teams in the tournament in Marquette. Yeah. And, and Tom Izzo has, you know, been here before and he's won many games in March. And you're right. Coaching does really play a factor. And um, I want to say that even though Michigan State kind of took over in the second half of that game against Marquette, it was a good coaching battle and a classic coaching battle of Tom Izzo against Shaka Smart. And um, I, I want to be the first one to say, and I can't believe I haven't heard this before. The reason why Shaka Smart has lost eight of his last nine March Madness games is because he wears a long sleeve Under Armour shirt under a golf shirt. Like, dude, what is it? you're not October golfing. You're coaching a basketball game. Like, I hate that he's not a fashion icon. He, he wears the shoes. He wears the Jordans. But why would you, like, wear an Under Armour shirt under a golf shirt when you're coaching a basketball game? And no I, I genuinely believe that's the reason – why Tom Izzo? I mean, by by then Tom Izzo shows up and he's an old man wearing like a a pullover. He, he he's out mentaled him by a mile already. The game's over. Yeah, the time it took for Shaka Smart to get ready, Tom Izzo was already game planning. So it it's unfortunate because <laughs> I like Marquette. Um, I do too. A lot of people don't like Shaka Smart's antics. You know how he's like playing defense. On he's the, the sixth man, but. That's okay. It's fun. It's enjoyable to, or it's fun to watch. They're an enjoyable team to watch. It sucks that we didn't really get to see him compete in the later stages of this bracket. And I think that wraps up the South, or no, mm-hmm. the East. I'm sorry, the, the East. I was gonna say now this could going. end up being a W season from Kansas State, though. Like we predicted, yeah. like at this point when we were talking about it, we we're like, well, is it a bad season if they lose now? Like if they win now, like they have a better chance. Than yeah. hypothetically, if they were to play, they before. have a very good chance to get into the final four. Yeah, um, and then get we, smacked by Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like are you kidding me? No, and even if they don't get smacked, the NCAA will rig it so Alabama gets to the championship. Alabama There's will no win. way the NCAA is putting Kansas State in the national championship. There's no shot. No. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's besides the point. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But. Let's go over to the Midwest. Starting, I mean, Houston did its thing, both of the games. Very surprising oh, to see how they dominated. Yeah, they dominated Auburn. And I was expecting Auburn to put up a fight, to be honest. And they just got dominated in the second half. They look so good. And um, you guys know how off I've been and we have been on Houston um, all year. And on my main bracket, I have two main brackets, but bracket one A, I have Houston winning it all. I don't know. It was a. I texted the both of you when I realized that it. it was a. It was a late at night before the first round, and I was like, you know what? I've been off Houston all season. I'm taking them, and so far they look good, and they're gonna play a tough Miami team. But in my opinion, um, in the Sweet Sixteen, I think Houston handles them very, very handedly, and I think that. Miami, the way that they play, and they showed it a lot against Indiana, is even though Indiana typically plays quite small with Trace Jackson Davis at their five, he's only around six eight. Um, but you know he he plays he plays very big. Um, Miami took advantage of that. They had 
at times in the second half, four point guards on the court. They were running up and down. They are getting easy transition dunks last night um, during that game, and they handled Indiana very well. They, they are a team that gets out in transition, plays defense, gets steals, traps, and, and things of that nature. And Houston is the same exact team, but in my opinion, more athletic, better at rebounding, better on the glass than Miami uh, by a mile, and overall just bigger, more athletic than Miami. I think that they um, easily win that game. They're going to have a tough test against the winner of a very, very good Xavier team against a very good Texas team. That might be the game of the Sweet 16 to look out for. That might be the best game that we see in the Sweet 16, Xavier against Texas. Yeah, that I think, to be honest, the winner of that Xavier-Texas game is going to go to the Final Four. Um, I mean, I don't want to downplay what Houston's done. Mm-hmm. However, obviously you face a 16 seed who you struggled with in the first half. Don't get me wrong. They struggled. And then in the first half against Auburn, they struggled again. But they dominated the second half, leading them to have a 17-point victory. Miami's a pretty good team. I think that I agree with you. I think that they do handle them. But Xavier and Texas, Xavier, what they showed me yesterday they is they don't need, they don't need Sule Boom to carry. Right? He had an off night or an off morning, essentially. Um, and he's kind of had an off tournament in general. Agreed. They almost got eliminated in the first round. Like, don't they were down like 15 with six minutes left. Yeah. And I thought they were dead. They ended up pulling it out one by five, but they handled they handled Pitt. It was never really a competition. They dominated that game. They played the perfect first half, and they played a great second half to keep that lead. That's why they're where they are. And Texas has kind of had an easier path as well to where they are right now, which makes me like to think Xavier is going to take them. I, I, and Texas is a good team, but you face Colgate, you, you win that game as you should, but you can't really say that in this year's bracket with how many upsets there have been. But Penn State was a 10 seed, hot at the right time. I, I never really fell for the Penn State like love and lure that there was for that team. Now you face Xavier. These are the I, I I'm picking I'm picking Xavier in this one to be honest. Um, I think it's gonna be a great game. But I think that Xavier is deeper, and I think that they're in a great spot to take advantage of a Texas team and jump out ahead of them as their toughest matchup up to this point. I have the exact opposite of what you guys are thinking. I personally think Miami is going to be Houston. I have them beating Houston in my bracket. I have that upset. I watched their game, and it it made me believe more that there's a chance that they can upset Houston because of how tenacious they play. They put their hands down and they go to work. And that's, that's a scary team in March, in my opinion, because no matter how hard the other team hits, if they can hit evenly back and just a little bit more, that's all it takes. They don't even have to really come back and like go up by 10. They, they have the, they have the power to just hold them off and they have the smarts and they have the team to kind of just barely escape. Do I think they're going to advance any farther if they beat Houston? I don't think so. I think either Xavier or Texas will probably dismantle them. I think they're just two complete teams. I have Texas beating Xavier just because of the way they look. I mean, obviously Penn State gave them a very hard time to start off with. But once you watch that turning point at the end of the game and they really started to kind of close in on that, 
Texas didn't even look feared. They were just like, okay, we have the ball. We make our shot. Like they were just making shots consistently. Obviously Penn state was drilling threes, which that's kind of like what they've like been doing, like while they've been hot, but Texas just, they, as a whole, they look like a, just a unit. Yeah. And I mean, we talked a little bit about coaching earlier when we were talking about the Eastern side of the bracket. Um, But if you want to continue on that coaching narrative and, and leading that through success in March, um, you got to look at Miami and Jim Laranega, who's another guy that's been there for years. And not only that, but people forget that, you know, obviously Miami lost to Duke in the ACC championship, which kind of hindered them from being a four or maybe even a three seed at the time because they won the ACC in the regular season. Isaiah Wong is the ACC player of the year, and he's leading this Miami team. He's like a 17th year senior. Um, Isaiah Wong's been there um, when Luke May was – playing for UNC he was there when Vince Carter and Michael Jordan were playing for UNC um but no um he's a very good player and Jim Laranega is a very good coach and if they beat Houston in this game if they make the elite eight that's back-to-back years that Miami has made the elite eight they made it last year um with a small ball type of team and this year they've gotten even smaller and they are outrunning teams they're outpacing teams they made indiana i mean fall asleep in the second half because of i mean how tired they made them in in the first half and they take advantage of size i think it's going to be a great matchup against houston um and this small ball miami team is something that we haven't seen before if they win this game against houston i chalk that up as a successful season a a uh, exceeded expectation season and um they they've had a great year like i said they won the acc in the regular season they lost in the final to a very hot quote-unquote duke team um but i mean this is the midwest is a fun part of the bracket to look at by a lot and i i in my opinion we've seen some of the best basketball that i've ever seen in my life and it's been from that midwest part of the bracket well, you bring up a great point, especially about coaching. But with this Miami team, there was no pressure on them to start the season because obviously at the start of the season in the ACC, UNC was ranked number one. Nobody was talking about this Miami team. And throughout the regular season, it was all the talk about Virginia. It was all the talk about, oh, is Duke going to bounce back? Oh, is UNC bounce back? Will UNC make the tournament? And Miami won the regular season. They made it and, the and you know what, Tom, even at the end of the season, it came down to their Saturday game against Pittsburgh, and everybody was talking, oh, is Pittsburgh going to win their first ACC regular exactly. season? It's like It really didn't get talked about at all until they finally won it on the last day of the regular season. And this Miami team, we say it, we kind of joke around with it, but this veteran leadership is really showing, especially in March throughout this tournament. They, they battled against Drake, I guess, if you want to say that. But they handled Indiana, and Indiana, a lot of people liked them. They were the higher-ranked seed, and they handled them. They won by 16, and that felt like a much larger of a margin, to be honest. And now we, this is a true test against Houston, and we'll see what happens. But, you, Griff, you and I both said that we expect Houston to handle business. But, Will, I don't hate your take at all. Right. Like if it comes out and Miami dominates Houston, I would tip my hat and be like, yeah, this isn't I'm not like surprised by this. Yeah. And, yeah. and it would be in a, a test to Miami playing in the ACC and Houston playing in junior college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't want to hear shit about the ACC anymore. The big the big East. 
in the Big 12 are the only two are the two best conferences in college basketball. Agreed. And Agreed. We I should think. we should have we got robbed of Marquette make a run. We really if if Marquette made the Sweet 16 and we had UConn, Creighton, Xavier, and Marquette all in the Sweet 16, that would have been sick. But thank you, Shaka. Thank you, Shaka. Thank you, Shaka. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, what should we have actually like? We got stuck on the Shaka fever. Like, it, this is what happens every single year, dude. The last like he eight years, it's lost in the first round. Yeah, he hasn't made it out of the third round of thirty-two since the. No, and it's season. not. It's not like he's been with the same team. Like this is his second year at uh, Marquette. Before that, he was at Texas. Um, in my opinion, the best years of him coaching was at VCU. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It was like twenty ten. Yeah, it's, it's a pain. But congrats on the enough, first Big East championship. Yeah, enough Shaka. Let's wrap it up with the West, where we saw an upset. To be honest, Kansas losing was a very big shocker to me. I, I had Kansas going in. I mean, I actually had them losing to UConn in the Sweet Sixteen, UConn, yeah. but. I didn't think that they would have trouble with Arkansas. And if we want to keep on that coaching narrative, how about a team that didn't have their coach at all? They didn't have them against yeah. Howard, and they obviously handled them pretty well. And Arkansas, um, the must bus. I mean, if, if this is the coach episode, if we want to talk about Musselman. We want to talk about that Arkansas program. Um, it's a very well-coached team, and they played them how they should have played Kansas. Um, I think they did a hell of a job uh, guarding Jalen Wilson and what, like we've been saying, you put a game on Grady Dick, and he's not going to deliver. He ha- he really hasn't. He only scored seven points in this game. He was the only one of the starters that didn't have double digits. And, I mean, everybody was trying to do everything. And the guards from Arkansas, which we've seen year in and year out, Arkansas is producing, has been producing NBA players. And they've been, you know, having seasons where they're 20 and 10, they're – they're 19 and 11, something like that. And they, they've they been putting together good seasons and they're making a little run right now. And they have a very deep team and they play nine, 10 guys. They, they keep rotations going and, you know, they're a team to look out for. If they, you know, they have a tough game against UConn, but on the other side of that bracket, everybody hates UCLA because of injuries and everybody does not believe in Gonzaga because they're Gonzaga. Um, Arkansas is another team that I mean, it's not an easy path, but it's it's a doable path to the Final Four for them. I'm, I, you're not crazy for thinking that either. I mean, I had, like you said, stop. I had UConn beating Kansas in the Sweet 16. Didn't even have Arkansas going this far. But after looking at that game against Kansas, obviously it was only a one point game, but that doesn't. That doesn't matter in this situation. This Arkansas team looks really, really good, and it's not something that I I was expecting because I was like, okay, well, UConn's going to probably be Kansas because UConn's a solid team. I'm kind of nervous about that game. Like I had UConn advancing regardless. I have UConn in my final four and I'm kind of worried because Arkansas has been playing like a team that is ready for anything. And like I said before, a team that like, it's honestly, it doesn't, it makes sense, but it doesn't, but a team that doesn't care is the worst team you want to play because they have nothing to lose. Like they're, they're an eight seed. Like they're not really supposed to be here right now. Like they get out here and knock as many teams off and they find themselves possible in the elite eight, possibly in the final four. Like they, they already have a great season so far. 
in my opinion. Like Arkansas has had a great season, regardless of the outcome of their Sweet 16 matchup. So this is a scary game for UConn because, I mean, they played they played Iona, they won 87 to 63, and then they beat St. Mary's 70 to 55. There wasn't any doubt. Now well, we're that uh, game in the first round for UConn wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't easy. It didn't start off easy, but like they dominated the, the second half. They dominated the second half. So like there really wasn't like doubt then, and I and I think that part of it's like is kind of scary having them. Well, at least for me, having them in the final four, it's just like having them going far, especially for Arkansas. Like they they look like a good team. They look like they can do anything right now. So it's a good point. I mean, I'm taking UConn. I have UConn. I'll probably. I'm taking UConn, UConn as well too. Um, UConn has. This might be a hot take. Besides Alabama, UConn's looked the best in the tournament. Um, with how they've won, especially, I was nervous in the first round. In the round of 64, they were down at half, or they were tied at half. I think they were down by one or two points, and then you go on and win by 24 against a team who's coached by a legendary coach. We say this as a coaching episode. This is the opposite end of that where you beat a team that's probably primed for halftime adjustments and with a coach that probably has these guys prepared, you just dominate. And UConn in the second – I don't. I wasn't a big fan of St. Mary's this year, but they beat the shit out of St. Mary's too. And it's like, all right, now you're facing a team where you're probably going to be around five-point favorites in this, four-and-a-half, five-point favorites. I bet they cover that, and I think that they take care of business against Arkansas. This is going to be a good matchup, but I think UConn's a lot better of a team, and they can match that physicality that Arkansas brings to the table. Yeah, definitely. And um, for for reference on how good UConn is, is they have, I mean, two guys at every position. They have two guards in Jordan Hawkins and I mean, you could even say off the off the bench, Joey Calcaterra at sometimes he wasn't that great in the second round, but he did his thing in the first round. Tristan Newton as well. If you want to talk guards, you you, you could throw three in there. They have the wings, um, Caravan, who's, I mean, I would say inconsistent on defense, but he's been doing his job on on defense. He had a decent first round. Once again, not great in the second round, but they handled them well because of the strongest part of their team, which is their bigs. And Adama Sonogo has been. I mean, up there for a player of the tournament. Outstanding. So Outstanding he's been playing. And other uh, uh, other than that, I would say maybe Oscar Sheway through the first two rounds who put up like 24, 20 rebounds. And Drew Timmy's putting up numbers as well. But, um, I mean, Adama Sonogo has been fantastic. And off the bench, you still have Donovan Klingon, who's been playing great on defense, um, who's been grabbing boards. He had a double-double. They both had a double-double in the first round. Um, they, they've been, I mean, doing it at every single position and we keep bringing up coaches and you can't sleep on coach Hurley. And he, he's been, I mean, running these guys through it and they, they've really not looked like, like they've had a fear in their eyes throughout this whole tournament. And they're one of those teams where it's like a four seed for them is perfectly in that spot where you can low key use it as whiteboard material. It's, if we beat Marquette, if we made it to the Big East final, we could have been a three seed. Um, if we won the uh, Big East final, like they were the 10th ranked team in the country and they got a four seed. Um, so th- they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and they have a run that they can easily make right now. Um, and, and you look out to who they could play. It could be a Houston. It could be an Xavier who they've met before um, twice this season. 
Um, it could be a Texas team. It, it could be a Miami team for all we know. But um, I I think that I love them right now. I think that if I were to place a future today, it would be on the UConn Huskies to win the national championship. I, I really like the path that they have. And Alabama, just it's too good to be true in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we'll look at it. I think here's my take as well. If UConn can beat Gonzaga, because I am a little bit worried about this Gonzaga team if I'm a UConn fan. I mean, I, I, I pull for UConn. I pull for the Big East first and foremost. But Love this Gonzaga, conference. Gonzaga is playing a great brand of basketball right now. Um, no one really talks about that. They dominated their first round matchup as they should have. And they took care of business against TCU. They were down at half by five, and they came out in the second half, half guns blazing. Drew Timmy looked unstoppable. Um, backdoor cover by TCU, an all-time moment. I didn't have TCU. I had Gonzaga minus one and a half in the first half, after the first half. And um, it covered, So, but it was cool to see. But in the second half, Gonzaga looked like a completely different animal. Yeah, I, I mean, I had – taking a look at the second half of, I guess, the – the West, I had TCU advancing over Gonzaga. It was a tough loss. I was very upset about that. I was kind of high on TCU this year. They they looked good. I thought this could have been – they could squeeze in. Like, as a six seed, like, you don't expect too much, but, like, they were a good six seed. I mean, the ending of that game was definitely rough. I think Gonzaga is going to beat – I have UCLA, but I think Gonzaga is going to probably beat UCLA in this. But UConn, I, like, I agree with you guys. Like I, like, I know I was just, like, defending Arkansas a little bit, but, like, I'm on the wavelength for – for UConn here, like I have them in the final four. If honestly, out of everyone, like probably especially good value, UConn's probably a good value team right now to place a future on. Yeah, so, sitting at a plus 900 last time I checked. Which is very good. They're a very, very good team. Like they keep rolling. Yeah. Like they get they yeah, get hot. That's a dangerous team. You you can't let a team like that get too hot because and, and they have experience and they still have youth and they have a lot of – a lot of everything at every position. And what I feel like they struggled with most of, and we talked about before was their defense. And I feel like their defense has looked fantastic uh, through uh, the first two games and especially St. Mary's, who is the best defense in the country. And I don't believe in the West coast conference, but um, they, they are a good defensive team and in the Ken Palm. And I trust the Ken Palm. They said they're about top five Um, and UConn, held them to 55 points and they scored 70 on them. I mean, they, they are a very talented team and we have a, a long way to go still and a, a few days until there's games played again. But um, I, I, um, I, I pretty much have it wrapped up here. I, I, I don't really have much else to say. I'm, I'm just ready for more games. I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm scared to even make predictions because it's like Michigan state could be playing in the final four next week or they could lose it to kansas state i, I don't know i i have no right. clue i'm going off on a limb right now here are my teams in the sweet 16 i'm sorry in the elite eight give me alabama creighton tennessee michigan state gonzaga yukon xavier houston all right well let me get let me hear yours all right i got alabama Princeton, we'll ride, we'll ride. Yeah, like Alabama, it. Princeton. I'm gonna go yeah. Tennessee, Kansas State. I'm gonna go Miami, Texas, UConn, UCLA. All right, give me, 
Give me Bama. Give me Bama Creighton. Give me Tennessee, Michigan State. I'll take Houston and Xavier. Um and Yukon Gonzaga. I'll I'll take I'll take that. Might have been a little basic, but I mean I've been hot. You Stav, you can you can and I've told yeah. you about it, Will. I mean, five and one on Thursday, no big deal. No big deal. My dog missed a big one on Saturday <laughs> to start the day. Gave him two yeah. treats. One was the first half under, one was the first half over of the Xavier game, right? Mm-hmm. Or was it the Creighton no. game? No, it was Xavier. It was Xavier. It was Xavier. It was Xavier. Xavier. And he took the treat on the left. I was like, okay, under. It's a lock. And that didn't hit. So my dog is 0-1. But right now, big profit. Big profit for me this past week. And I'm excited to keep going in. I'm more of like a spur of the moment. Once it hits me, like maybe 20 minutes before the game, that's when I lock it in. And it's like Like I'm feeling good about these picks. But the, the thinner this bracket gets, the harder it gets to pick these games because now it's like, Who's really high and who's going to be hitting these threes from the logo? Who's going to be doing all these things? Uh, but how about we talk about the NIT? Now, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, I think we've all been guys. like kind of hot as a pod, like low key. Like all of we've us. We've been doing our thing. I mean, we've I, been prepared for this moment to be prepared. I'm this running is, March right now. I run March. Yeah, Will is March. For those <laughs> of you who don't know, know, Will just dominates it. Yeah, March Will, yeah, Will always has good brackets. I know ball. I was a bracket guy. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I've, I've I've been starting to heat up in my two big uh, two big pools. So I mean, well, to be fair, I'm I say? Just, I'm just trailing Will. I'm next um, in the bracket that Will and I are in with mm-hmm. uh, our church basketball team. But then um, Griff's girlfriend has a vendetta against me. Apparently, <laughs> hates my picks, hates my bracket. So. I for first right now, but I, I she doesn't understand that since Kansas lost, like she's pretty much done. She doesn't understand that. Yeah, as long as she finishes above me, like, I, I guess it's a W season for her. Jeez. Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> like, no, she, every single time that she, like, looks at the bracket, she will, she has not mentioned anybody else's name. She's like, I'm ahead of Stav right now. She's been ahead of me. She hasn't even mentioned me. She's ahead of yeah, me right like, now. Damn. Sorry. Like, I, <laughs> all right. If I, if I finish ahead of her, maybe I'll, I'll throw a jab, but, you Probably will finished. You will like she like Kansas lost in the she first has the round. lowest amount of remaining points. <laughs> I know she's she's tied for first with Will, and she's like she's holding it. Like she is like yeah, I'm in first right now. I'm like Kansas lost. Kansas like lost bad in the second round. Like that. <laughs> you got zero points for that. Like that's not good for you. Like, look at like your max total points. She doesn't. She doesn't get it. And no, uh, she she won't listen to this. So. <laughs> uh, right. I, th- I think I think that should be it. Yeah. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed. Um, over this five day break, uh, here's my advice for you: don't watch the nit. Don't don't bet the nit. It's it's yeah. just because you're missing it. Um, it's only a couple of days. We'll be back um, for the Sweet 16. Don't um, please don't watch or bet on the NIT. Please. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, I will see you guys soon. We'll, Peace. Yeah, we'll be back eventually.